This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Jackson's there, Billy did! The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town! The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life! Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is! Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Rupi and Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stiffer Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Welcome to episode 105 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. It's official and Huddersfield Town are as safe as the money in Dan Porritt's pockets and will play championship football again next season. Is it all systems go for progress now, or is it just a matter of when rather than if we're back here times in again? We won the Claret's Cup, and now we're staying <laughs> up. We have Coming up this week, we look at the Coventry game, what it means to have a sustainable stadium, more fan power resurfaces, and the remains or the remains of the relegation uh, shootout are to be decided this weekend. Joining me to do so this week and chat about all the above, I have a panel which is the definition of a safe, if George Reynolds was about. It's Richard Cosy Cosmala, Dan Pozza Porritt, and G.I. Brady Frost. How are we doing there, chaps? All right, mate. Uh, Good. We're doing better than a Derby or a Rotherham on a Wednesday, family, because we know we're safe. We're proper smoking our cigars. We are staying up. You're smoking something, mate, today. I'll tell you that. Right then, Town <laughs> 1, Coventry 1. As Craig Blythe has pointed out a couple of times, Carlos throws in some uh, some rather square pegs in in round holes. Uh, we had uh, pause. I'll come to you with this. It, it was a real sort of. Um, this is where you're going to tell me you haven't watched the game, aren't you? But it was a real. No, sort I did. Of, I did watch it, mate. 
Fantastic. This this the system was a little bit peculiar. Aaron Rowe at right back, you know, we've seen him do great things on the wing and then he's he's gone back to right back where he's looked a little less comfortable. Harry Toffolo often making up a three center back system, uh, meaning Karoma had to drop down to uh, wing back during those phases and then and then moving back. Uh, and Holmes and Bakuna having having spells out wide. I'm not really sure. You know, in in theory, you can see a lot of these going. Oh, yeah, that's that's you can you can understand why, but it didn't really work, did it, on the day? No, it were yeah another sort of strange formation, stroke tactical plan again from Carlos. I think it's it's becoming a bit of a habit now, isn't it, to sort of just sort of play anybody anywhere, really. It's almost like Lee Clark bingo machines made an appearance back in dressing room. And if your name gets pulled out, that's sort of position that you're playing at the moment. Um, a bit strange doing so with so little time left to play. It's almost like still trying to feel out a, a position for people and a, and a system, um, trying new things. Again, if we would have been safe 10 games ago, you might allow a little bit of that, um, seeing where players might fit in, in in a view to next season and, you know, if Toffolo can do a job as that third centre half, that might change who we look for in a champion in, in transfer window, for example. Um, but we, you know, two games to go, still not hundred percent safe. I'll be very, very unlikely to go down. It did seem a, a little bit strange, and again, it was just a bit of another lacklustre performance. Really, I don't know what you guys thought, but they want much to go out, they want much to excite me. Just kind of used to what we've been seeing for the past, you know, well since Christmas onwards, really. Not, not, not right. Much more to say than that. We got a point in the end. Of, you know, a decent goal from Danny Ward. To be fair, I think uh, the, the club put out a, a video in slow motion, and in, in slow motion, you know, he's, he's adjusted and and struck one in, and you know, hopefully that can be a sign of things to come. I won't, I won't hang my hat on it or put any money on it, but you know, he's got a goal now. They'll probably yeah, it's, it's, like he did at Watford on last game of the season and everyone will get giddy again thinking oh, he might be the man to get us 25 goals next season. But I mean, I can't see it myself, but I'd rather him score than not. So, you know, fair play to him. It was a decent finish, Brady, wasn't it? You, you, the slow-mo was great, wasn't it, Pause, You know, he peels, he peels off after, you know, seeing the crowd and then he reads it quite well, the chest and, mm-hmm. and hits it first time. It's, it's quite a decent finish and, you know, it, it's been a disaster of a season for Danny Ward. And like you say, you wouldn't hang your hat on him being fit for 46 games next year either. But if he can, if you can get him into some sort of genuine fitness, Brady, then he doesn't look a terrible option, really, if, if that's the kind of thing he can pull out. And we have no, seen definitely. him pull it out before at Cardiff and uh, and Rotherham. Yeah, no, and I think um, I think when we're talking about this, I think uh, someone criticised us, but, you know, he, he is known to be a good finisher. I think um, I was really pleased for him to, to get that goal, to be honest. I think if he'd had a season where he hadn't scored, um, I think that would have been stick to uh, beat him with. But, yeah, no, he's, he's a good finisher. You saw that in that finish. And um, I think the, the thing is, the big if is, can he stay fit? Because he's proven that he's he's not been able to this season um you know still a good option um but again it's just whether he can get a run of games together but to be fair to him although he's been injury prone in the past I think it's been particularly particularly bad here at town you know even when he was at Cardiff he'd get niggles and miss a couple of games but not not for the length of time uh, he's had this season so uh yeah good I mean I mean the f- <laughs> typical town game really wasn't it like Poz has said like we played all right in parts, but then, you know, eventually we run out of ideas and the opposition scores. Um, but instead of losing, we, we managed to claw it back. I think 
yeah, the keeper for me could have done better. But like you say, you know, that's a, that's a typical striker's finish. You know, reacting reacting well to uh, to the danger and you know not giving up and putting it in the back of the net. So um, yeah, no pleas for him. And yeah, let's uh, let's just hope uh, we see more of it next season. It was a bit of a flap from uh, from the from the Coventry goalkeeper for sure. Um, Cosie, bringing you in as the uh, goalkeeper expert this week, uh, Ryan Schofield has. He kind of comes under praise and fire at the same time, doesn't he? From from the town fan base, you know, like I say, everyone. I'm pretty sure everyone wishes him wishes him well, you know, and wants him to do well. But the the goal commentary score was a bit of a peculiar one, really. Um, if you look at it from behind the goal and, and the main TV gantry point of view, it just looks like a, a complete error, doesn't it? But from those that were in attendance at the ground, apparently it's taken a, a wicked deflection, which is which has taken it. But that doesn't get picked up on on TV. It's a real a real strange goal. How did you see that goal? And and more importantly, what songs are we singing now that were uh, safe as houses? Similar to you, mate. I, I remember swapping uh, messages as soon as it went in, like kind of, oh no, Ryan. But yeah, really it was strange. Because Matt, I think Matt Glenna said it took a deflection. Obviously, it's part of the goalkeeper's union. But like you said, it was strange because when you see the replays and stuff, it's it Don't was just okay. very odd. But again, I was so disappointed with those. And maybe just my expectations are just, need to be lowered even further but my kind of thought process coming in was last home game of the season they were safe from last week you know nothing to play for we're at home Sheffield Wednesday and Forest have served up a stinker so there were no real kind of pressure on us I didn't think coming in so served some uptown to get us excited but there were nothing well they were absolutely awful and uh, they had the woodwork thought they were the better team to be honest with you we maybe deserved a draw and I suppose credit for us for showing a bit of character coming back but you know, another goalkeeping error and a finish from Ward, but so poor. I mean, Sonogo, it's like Ishmael Miller all over again, isn't it, really? Arms, elbows, running about, but no end product. And it just looked like a team who were on the beach to me for us. And and really, we should, at that point, we weren't safe, you know. So to me, we should have been, you know, Busting a gut, but again, is it just a tired end of a long season? It was, it was awful, mate, and so slow on all the the play. Our, our, you know, the kind of stuff that we built our, you know, uh, kind of fast pace in the first half of the season just nowhere to be seen at the moment, and that as well. And even Chroma kind of were a bit flat. So, mm. yeah, Howard, so disappointed. Nice surprise to get the equalizers. To be honest with you, I think like everyone else thought, here we go again. It's going to be a, you know, another own defeat, but. The home record, you know, is poor and, yeah, it's just one, we've got to be happy, haven't we, that we've stayed up and it's incredible that Derby, I mean, we'll come on to that later, all the bottom, you know, shenanigans, but they might stop up with 44 and, to be honest, that about sums up the division. So, yeah, sorry to be a bit downbeat, guys, but I expected more from this game and uh, left feeling, yeah, thank God it's over and I'll be thinking the same on Saturday at about 20 past two. Well, I took a look at some attacking stats and you can all, I'll read these out and then you can all pile in. I know if I'm going to preempt Pozzer and say, you know, I've looked at the XG stats and Pozzer's going to go, the only stat that matters is the final score like he did last time. <laughs> so I've preempted you there, mate. So I've, uh, I've doused that fire before it, <laughs> before it comes out. But in attacking stats wise, I thought it'd be quite interesting to, because XG is not perfect. It's not brilliant. I know there's a lot of people who just don't buy into it whatsoever. And, and that's fine. You know, stats are stats, aren't they? They can be used whatever way you want. And the way I'm going to use it is to kind of emphasize that uh, my point really was using it to look at to see if Town have deserved more than what they've got. 
uh, I think it's useful to look at XG in the terms of, you know, the quality of chances that you're creating as opposed to, you know, the final scoreline. So I, I had a look and obviously we all know town stats since January aren't great. And I'm using January because it's a good starting point when things, things tended to change. Uh, we all know we've won three out of 23. Um, but the freedom, like I say, the freedom of creating chances is, is what worries me in particular, you know, against Coventry, we've had three shots on target. I can't really remember any of them apart from the goal one off target. It's not a lot. Uh, so in those 23 games, we've only been expected to score above one goal on seven occasions, which then gives you 16 games whereby we're not expected to, you know, fully score one goal, um, which isn't great. And XG is, is usually lower than, than the final amount anyway, but it also shows that also in terms of that we've been outscored 17 times, which shows that the opposition are creating better chances than us consistently as well. So the score lines and the form is not a fluke. You know, it, it's not, it's not a case of we're not getting what we deserve. We are getting what we deserve. You know, we are being beaten statistically and we've been beaten on the pitch and that's the, the worrying thing. And, on the six occasions where we've outperformed the opposition, we've only actually won two of those as well, which were um, Nottingham Forest and, oh no, three, sorry, uh, Nottingham Forest, Swansea. And let me bring up my spreadsheet I've got here. It's actually a notepad file. Uh, Forest. QPR. QPR, well done, Cosy. Yeah. Statsman cause. Um, so, yeah, so we've got those three games. <laughs> and, and you look at the other ones, Borough, uh, Bristol City, um, so it's seven, I said, didn't it? So Borough, Bristol City and Millwall. We actually lost the game. Um, Millwall obviously slanted because of the penalty. And, and the point I'm trying to drive home with this is that my worry is that Huddersfield Town are just not creating anything of note. Um, like I say, under one goal a game for 17 out of 23 is quite worrying for me. And even Josh Caroma's come back and we've seen how good Josh Caroma is. You know, that him whipping one into the far corner against Blackburn is not an expected one, if you like, uh, it's not really improved yet as, as you probably wouldn't expect it to, because, you know, he's not fully fit, but how worried are you guys about the, the lack of creativity and, and the kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's, we're very, um, very stiff going forward. How do you see it? We are now, Matt, but you know, again, I look at the goals against the Millwall, I've got 48 goals, sorry, 46 goals, we've got more goals than them. it's everything since been this calendar year for me that's just gone peaked on. We don't we don't seem to carry any threat, to be honest with you, mate. And uh, number of games, you know, in the first half of the season. I, honestly, I, I know Carlos is getting a lot of hammer and stuff like that. So, but they were, I genuinely was really enthused with the first calendar year of the season. I thought we were good in some games. I, I mean, yeah, I know right. Wednesday are awful, but we 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 ripped him apart with some good football and stuff. Middlesbrough, good football. Watford, good football. You know, but that, like you said now, just creating anything and that as well. I, since Josh Caroma's come back, to me, it looks our only threat. It, it, it doesn't help that we're playing without any wingers. You remember a couple of seasons ago, we had about five wingers on the books. Now we haven't got any in kind of no width, really. The early promise... He's got Rolando Ahrens, but he seems reluctant to start him. I yeah, don't know if that's an injury. That was strange when I didn't understand why he didn't start with him on Saturday. But Pippa and Toffolo, obviously, they've kind of been injured and not fit, but... I think teams have kind of got what they're about and that they were our main threats. I think to me that, that you probably you know better these stats than me, but it culminated in our lack of creativity is that when Pippa and Toffolo's kind of they were never going to keep up what they were showing in them the first three months where it was incredible. They were like, you know, proper wingers, you know, false nine sometimes they were just like buzzing in the box, shooting goals and stuff. But 
I don't see anyone else kind of stepping up to the plate there out wide and that as well. And uh, we've tried, we've tried, tried Jonathan Ross, Dwayne Holmes <laughs> there, you know, Aaron Rose kind of had a go, but there's no one really that shows. And we definitely need a right wing, and I think maybe even a left one next season. Yeah. I, I just, oh, do you want to go pause? Or? Well, I was just going to say, like, obviously the, the goal scoring stats that Matt's given there is from sort of January onwards. And you think, oh, it's obviously worrying. But for me, I think last week I've just pulled up what, what I said last week. And since we've back, been back in championship, um, we only averaged 1.1 goal a game and that's over 90 so not including Coventry um, so over 90 games back in Championship we, we only average 1.1 goal a game so it's not a it's not just a six, it's not just a four month issue that since Christmas we've struggled to score we've, we've struggled to score for two full seasons now um, obviously if you include the two before that when we were in Premier League um, it'd be even worse but you can, can kind include of the, the year we went up we were second lowest scorers in the Top half of the championship, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, people people bang on about the negative goal difference, which when you look at that season, we took a couple of hammerings. Uh, yeah, we, we had the last month off, though. We were um, we didn't we didn't play particularly well in the last three or four games, which obviously skewed it. And you don't need to score many if you can keep them out at other end, but we, we can't keep them out at other end either. Um, and again, just by going back over a longer period of time, you know, you can make. Stats suit all okay. So, you know, by picking since Christmas, it probably sounds worse than what it is. But actually, it's not because we concede on average 1.5. So, we've on average scoring 1.1 and letting in 1.5. It's not a great combination, is it? Pause. I'll do a quiz question. Name, name a team who's conceded more goals in the championship than Huddersfield Town this season. Oh, I know. There's only one, isn't only, it? Only one. Yeah, I no guess one. No one. No Huddersfield Town has conceded the most with Wickham. Oh. And that's the problem for me. I think I get what you're saying, Matt, but you know, Derby well, 33 goals. These other teams, Karoma, if Karoma had been fit, I know it's some butts, but I think we'd have been fine. I think the conversation needs to be at why are we just letting teams score for fun? It's uh, Richard Keogh, absolute debacle. What a signing. What a Matt, you remember you were saying about them chances. I don't know if it counts, but Keogh. That, that swipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dude, I thought we'd gloss over that. Like, <laughs> that when our season summed up there, wasn't it, in that moment, I think. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah look, XG works both ways, doesn't it? It's about quality of chances created and, and it's about quality of chances we give away as well. And uh, we do give away some quite guilt-edged chances. And there's a stat going around about Ryan Schofield being uh, the, the keeper who saved the most uh, shots inside the penalty box or something, isn't there? You know, um, which, which also shows that we are giving a lot away and, Injuries have obviously played a part in this. And going back to the attacking side as well, um, the point about injuries is key passes per game. The top three key passes at Huddersfield Town are Carol Iting, Josh Caroma, and Isaac and Benzer. And they've all been pretty much decimated this year. And part of me wonders how much the injuries mask what we're saying, pause, or whether part of it is that this um, it's just not really working <laughs> really at Huddersfield Town in terms of in terms of quality? We've said it many times on here before, haven't we, about the quality. It's all right saying people have got injuries. Every every squad gets injuries, but it's the, who replaces those you know, first-team players. And we've just simply not had the quality all year. Um, the if first I, I mean, Sorry, but if I get in Coroma a fit, I know it's some buts. We, we score 60, 65 goals in my eyes, even with 
kind of some of the donkeys we've got up front, mate. I, for me, they're the they're the issue. I we don't I, sign them, do we? We don't sign you. Yes or no? Well, go what you say. They're, if, they're, if, they're that creativity, and the, the depth is not there. You're right, Paz. But Scott, I didn't even get a game, and he's only one. You know, honestly, it's Aaron's didn't even get a start on Saturday, and it's like his creativity. Carlos just seems to have gone totally in another direction. We as uh, you wonder, of... you wonder as well at the back. Schindler's been out pretty much all season, and, and defensively we've been much worse without him. Even some people, you know, say that he's not as good as what he was. But for me, he's still our. Does that's one what, what is you, Matt? Because I think I think the hierarchy at Huddersfield Town, it's all about the injuries, and if everyone were fit, we'd be. Well, I still would argue that even with everyone fit, we'd be no better than a thirteenth, fourteenth position. Oh, I don't think we're that good. Um, I think. I think in that team, there's a lot of players that know that they're not going to be here next year and they're playing like that at the minute. That was another point I was going to make as well. Um, you look at a few and they're, they're generally coasting and the intensity has, ramped, you know, the intensity has dropped way off uh, from what it was at one point, whether that's down to Carlos not being able to do the coaching that he wanted to do. Uh, you know, he's had to rein that back in because of the amount of injuries, which you know, could be caused by the short turnaround you know, from season to season and without a good chance to get them you know, fully fit and engaged. Uh, it's going to be interesting over the summer, you know, how Carlos goes about getting them fit, um, how they can try and you can't injury proof anybody, but you know, the key is going to be to keeping players ticking over and he's got, and he's really got to learn from pushing players in the red zone because Carol Iting had played a lot of games before he did his knee. And to be fair, that looked like it was coming a little bit, um, which is a shame. And I think the management of players and the welfare has got to improve from the coaching style, but fitness and, and essentially getting getting players out who don't want to be here is really key. But um, like I said the other week, there's no point sort of questioning whether Carlos is going to be here because from, from all the signs, it, it looks like he is. So, you know, it's it's a big summer for him and he's got a longer summer this year than last to implement what he wants. I think, do you know what, we've, we've, we spoke on here and we've mentioned it a few times, just what a, what a transitional season. And I think we, we certainly expected that. And I think... Quite a lot of percentage of the fan base expected that, but I still think we expected to see some green shoots. Um, you know, I could have, I could have quite happily finished 14th, 13th this year. That that would be absolutely fine for me as long as I could see that the the style of football were kind of getting there. Um, the the ethos that the the club put out when uh, Carlos was first appointed um, coming into it. Right at the very start, I weren't expecting great things. And as you know, I you know, predicted that we would get relegated this season. And, you know, the razzmatazz that Carlos came in for, it got you a little bit rejuvenated. And as Cos, it says early season, in patches, we, we played really well. Um, I did think back then, though, everything was obviously re- really well rehearsed. The goals that we scored from front to back were, you can imagine them doing them on a training ground, 20, 30, 40 feet. Just while pauses. Pause there. I think we had a lot more buying as well. Sorry, pause. You've gone a bit skew if fifty times. It almost came natural. And it with the other part, a lot. You know, we were, we were, we were sort of had a little bit of adrenaline and a little bit of want, didn't we? Um, we, we moaned on here that Carlos needed to change and be a little bit more pragmatic than he was, and I think that's probably had an impact on why we've not been as adventurous going forward. So, you know, you can't sit here and say he needs to. Learn I think he's thrown that back out though, Pause. I think I think that pragmatism stopped, to be honest. I think he seems to have gone back to what we were doing before. Certainly in terms of the patterns from playing out from the back seems to have come back three or four so, games Matt, ago. 
Yeah, I think the trying. I think the I I think the buying from the players is completely different now. I think at the start of the season there seemed to be a, a collective buying through that group. I remember putting a tweet out uh, early on, like saying, "When they're still the playing, I want to watch it." You know, because you know my kind of thoughts on the Cali football and what have you. So I remember putting that out. It must have been November. You know, I want us to watch us again. I'm enjoying watching the still town play again. Maybe I got carried away one or two of the wins, but. I don't see that now, you know, that that is the thing. And like you said, maybe it's players that don't want to be there, but I don't enjoy watching us play. I was bored on Saturday watching is mm. and that's a bad sample in it, coming to your own last game of the season, flats. But it's for some time I've not enjoyed watching us play. And that's uh, that's where I always stuck up for Carlos and I can't. Mm. We're going to say one one game where the the XG was off the scale, if you like, was Bristol City. You know, Bristol City and Middlesbrough away. We were excellent then when we were good to watch. But I, I do genuinely think that it was the Birmingham at home game where he changed it, wasn't it, to go three five two and a bit more um, a bit more pragmatic at the time. But he seems to have gone back. But you look at the Blackburn game the other week as well, and and Blackburn quite simply stood high on us, um, and then you know Adam Armstrong etc. stood in the passing lanes, and and we we. We were really clueless with it. And I think a big part of it is people have adapted to us and we're struggling to be flexible enough. And part of that as well is not having the players on the pitch every week to work on things. So there's a lot of a lot of things going on at the moment. And I think the summer is going to be key, really, in, in just those that don't buy into it, off you pop. And uh, those that want to buy in, um, welcome aboard. And I think given a longer summer and um, more time with the players, I'm, I'm just hopeful that, you know, We'll see some of that again, Cosy, and it'll be a bit more, a bit more flexible as well, rather than set, you know, rather than these set patterns, which I think people start to read at some point. I'm, I'm still with Carlos. It's interesting seeing some of our chat tonight. There's a few people hoping that it's his last game on Saturday, but you do worry, don't you? That is it going to be one of those jobs, a bit like the season with Jan, where you know we want to. There are shades start. of Jan with Carlos. I'll be honest, there are yeah. shades of it. We want to start well the next season, but we get eight games in. We've won one and lost four and three draws or what have you. And the crowd are raging, which is a possibility. And uh, yeah, it's it's such a oh God. Everyone's going to say at every club it's a big summer, this, that, and the other. But we have the chance to create something now, aren't we? A, a new kind of hunger, a new philosophy, a new you know people. It's Fifteen players out of contract in the summer. Yeah. But the, again, we'll come on it later, but it just worries me how I'm hearing stuff from people who supposedly know is the wage bill needs to be lowered. The quality is garbage now. What are we going to be buying? We are lesser wage bill, and but then counter that, we've got players who care, and you think of they'll get them Benzers and Pritchards and what have you who's stealing money. And so, honestly, for me, I'm just thinking, give me players who care and a bit of quality, but it's it's championship oh, football, expensive that. rather rather than. <laughs> It's really weird. I was saying last night, I watched that Rotherham game and, I, and Rotherham, you'd be proud to be a Rotherham fan, even if they don't do it on the weekend. But they'll go down. They, they give everything. They, they've got very little quality, in my opinion, says the team who I'm supporting. They've got full of it, I suppose. But, but, but it's really weird. We've stopped up and there's not a lot of pride and pretty much anger with the fan base. They'll probably go down, but with their head held high and a manager who they'll think, carry on for next season. It's, mm. it's really strange, mate. Really odd. Brady, you look like you had a point. You were stewing on something sat there. I could see you chewing your tongue. Well, you know, I've not, uh, it's probably the camouflage, mate. You can't see me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I right, think, John Cena. <laughs> uh, 
no, I think I think Cosy's right. I, like in terms of passion, like with Rotherham, um, you know, you can see they want it more. I agree with you, Matt. I think like a lot of players are out of contract, um, so that obviously big summer. We've talked about it a lot. I think I've got a couple of concerns. I think with Carlos, we've talked about it before, Matt. Um, I just don't know if we've talked about the wage bill and it coming down. I don't know if Carlos's style is going to be able to deliver that on a reduced wage, uh, and that's what concerns me. Um, I mean, I agree with what Cosy and Posa said earlier. You know, when we at the start of the season, you know, we we're winning games, we we're playing well in spells, but also we were winning, you know, even when we weren't playing well in some games, and that's that was really positive. But um, I think the the contract, like you say, it's, it's what, four, four years and we have to stick with him but you know I, I think the only reason if I if I'm being completely honest the only reason he's in a job is because three wins in tw- uh, 23s because he signed a long-term contract but um going a bit back to your creativity thing the only thing I could that makes me potentially positive or I'm trying to spend this as a positive is this has been a crazy condensed season and to address that creativity we didn't see a lot of loans from Premier League teams in the league this season and I think with things returning to normal we might see that and if that's the only way I can see is addressing that creativity problem if we get a, a young like Smith throw in again on loan because we're not going to pay the wages to get a good creative player are we you know we just can't afford it like from the noises at the club so I'm hoping the loans because we've, we've seen what Huddersfield can do with loans I'm hoping that could be might need to be the left field, mate. Might it? So we, we've we've seen the new Brexit rules, and there's a certain country which has got quite a decent um, points tally if you play a get. Just Gibraltar. Play one game. No, it's not Gibraltar. No, it's Brazil <laughs> and Argentina. If you play, um, if you if you named in matchday squads over there, that's all you need. It's just to be named in a matchday squad. You can get 15 points relatively easy and, and get through the the visa process. So, Matt, it goes it goes back to I remember we mentioned it on an earlier pod, but similar time on it, two three games to go. I still, you pause that, put that, you know, on our group with the West Brom game last season. I know it's going over old ground, but the bench, Smith Rowe, Mounier, uh, Grant, look at it now. It's just like, that. I think that's where the big debate is. I've seen quite a lot of it in, in the Twitter this week. Uh, you know, Carlis, they'd never have happened under that way. They progressed under them, but rightly, a lot of people are saying, yeah, but the Carly had all the, these guys more quality than Carlos had and, you know, Woody, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's just a bit of a fractured squad. Though, to be fair to I think, I think Carlos would have gotten more if he gave Carlos that squad. I think he probably would have gotten more out of it than what Carlos did, simply because they played different style of football. On the flip side, I think if you gave Carlos Carlos a squad, I think Carlos probably would get more out of this because it's a it's a squad that's not littered with great talent, so it is a case of shape, unit, everyone does their own little job and they do it well, whereas Carlos is a little bit more flamboyant, so Smith Rowe under Carlos probably would flourish. Mm. You know, Carlos has had to work with Alex Pritchard, for example, and, and that's the difference, isn't it? Um, so you can't, you, it's comparing apples and oranges for me. Anyone can say under this manager we would have done better, under that manager we would have done better, but for me, the two the squads are sort of different and the management styles are too different to even start to compare um, for me. I know it's, it's, it's a mute point anyway because it, it doesn't make any difference. But um, some, some of the debate actually on, on Twitter recently has, has actually been quite good you, and it kind of sets 
the fan base as it is. And because obviously you can't get into grounds, can you? So you don't talk to many people, you don't, you know, booing and folk not saying why you're booing and folk cheering and folk why you're cheering. So it's it's actually become quite a, a good gauge of how the fan base is. And it's quite um, surprising for me how polar opposite you've got opinions. You've got some fans that it's, you know, doomsday for the club, we're, we're going to do nothing. And then on the other end of the scale, you've got, you've got fans who are, you know, next season we're going to have a right good season and, and stick with it. It's, it's unbelievable how fans can see it so differently. Shall we read some comments out from, from YouTube yeah, as well? Really it feels like there, we should get some of these read out. So thanks for everyone joining online. There's 47 watching at the minute. So that's more than what Bradford City took away to Coventry in the Premier League. So well done, everybody who's turned out. Um, <laughs> Steve Blackburn says, glad we're safe, but not the manner of performance in full. Huge summer ahead and in new personnel. Uh, Phil Marston says, we were poor, but then again, we have been for a very long time. Pretty much echoes what you said there. Uh, Poswaldo. Uh, Jacob Hurst said, at least it's done. Let's laugh at Derby and Wednesday now, although I've got a feeling one of those might have the last laugh. Uh, N. Shackle says, reasonable expectation to beat a newly promoted side who have struggled. You would think it was Coventry who needed the points. We looked like we were treating it like a preseason friendly. Yeah, I got the that vibe as well. Uh, Joe McGregor, my mate in Texas, uh, says, uh, we don't have the individual skill level to disrupt defences and create space in the final third to open up better goal scoring opportunities, which I think is actually a really good point into what you said as well, Brady, about it feels like Carlos Ball, we'll call it, because that seems to be the in thing among, uh, among amongst us football hipsters. Uh, I think we need better players in the opposition for that to continuously work. And that's one thing that yeah. I think I put in our group a bit since uh, as well. So he also says every coach gets found out. Um, that's a natural part of soccer. Joe, you've ruined everything by calling it soccer. Get him off. Shall I kick him? Shall I kick him out of the chat? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, you learn what teams want to do. <laughs> yeah, it gets the cosy treatment, but it's harder when the central mechanism of your team can't stay healthy, makes it harder. So yeah, he's 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 made up for that with a with a solid point uh, as well. So thanks for everybody who's who's getting in touch. I'm trying to read through. Uh... <laughs> so there's a there's a few decent ones. Andy Dworski as well. Towner failed to keep the spine of their team fit. Keo was a. I have no, no idea what that sign is, but I'm sure it's because he swore on there and YouTube censored him. Uh, signing too many. Uh, yeah, I, saw that. I think it's a, <laughs> I think it's a YouTube swear filter, which is probably about right. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and he says, yeah, and too many are looking for the um, the exit as well. Um, and Shackle says he's not really keen on Keith. Um, I think he means Keo. <laughs> I know. Keith, Keith, whoever Keith is, would not only is the swear Keith. filter screwing yeah, people mean. over. It's the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we've done, correct well. As well. we've done well to stop up, haven't we? Let's be oh, honest. Keith. We've yeah, done so yeah, well yeah. to stay in the division. Three wins in 23. It's We are so lucky that is. I know it's every other year it's the worst championship this and that and the other, but someone's going to stay with 44 probably on, on Saturday. We're so fortunate. No, we are lucky. I mean, we, we did a hole. We were worried about doing a hole and we did yeah. it, but we've, we've not paid the price. Like, we are, it's lucky. Like, the only reason I just feel the staying up is because there's four teams worse than them. It's really weird though, because like I, I went out on Saturday at cricket and oh, you're safe, you must be pleased. You know, like other fans saying to me this, and I don't have that kind of. I should be really on what on what we've delivered and served up and the signings we've made, etc. But you don't you know because you, your future, you're always looking for a better day out here as a sports fan, and yeah, we've got the chance to have that better day, but have I we, think. Do I think we we're a bit better than that, though, now, because I think when we first got promoted, it was okay to be happy to be safe for a couple yeah. of years. But I think at some point, you've got to look to push on and really 
when we're in the same place we were sort of eight nine years ago having had some great memories you know don't get me wrong but it, it i think that's the disappointment really but the only thing for me me, like, it comes down to um expectations doesn't it and yeah i won't say the town we expected more because I, like we all said we all said we were going to struggle we all knew we'd struggle but the i think i tweeted out after the match i've never been so underwhelmed about staying up. Look when we stayed up against Barnsley, you know, and you're on pitch and you're going mental and you're celebrating it. And this season it was almost like an embarrassment to celebrate staying up because what well, it's not an achievement really, is it considering where we've been and I know you can't always go, yeah, just because you're in Premier League, you know, you, you shouldn't be it's not that though. We had a window of what well like Cosy says earlier. We had a really good window pause of what football looked like under Carlos between sort of October, November and December, didn't we? And, and it looked good. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's part of the disappointment as well is that it's just gone flat and it's gone flat because of what people have been saying since the summer, you know, in terms of, you know, lack of squad depth and, and lack of additions. And, you know, I think part of it is, is just what it is. I'm just keen oh, to move, move the conversation on a little sorry, bit. Any last second, words? Just play devil's advocate. We, you tipped us to go down. We're staying up. Yeah, shit. Why are you flat? Why are you flat? Because well, I tipped us to go down. You over the key from your prediction. We have. <laughs> it's angry. It still doesn't mean that I feel elated that we'd stayed up. If you know what I mean, I predicted we'd go down, but I predicted that with head, not heart. If that makes sense. So to stay up, yeah, brilliant. We stayed up. I'm not gonna start a parade because we've stayed up because we should be better just because just because I thought we'd go down mm. you mean to say that we shouldn't be better if that makes sense yeah only, you're happy with I'm, the prediction we? I keep twirling around in my head are we any better off than we were 12 months ago I think we are only because we've got con- players out of contract that is the only thing I'm trying to think of a, of a plus last year we had O'Brien we could because yeah brilliant Pippa faded away, but I suppose overall a positive... He's never played that amount of games, though, has he, Pippa? Uh, he's been injured for half. And he's playing injured. But after that, it's, it's such a tough one to measure when we're in a better off as a, as a club. I think we're, we're in a better starting position, aren't we, if you think about it. We've cleared decks, well, we will have at the end of next summer, so it's almost like refurbing, in it? With you know refurbing your house at some point, it is just back to bare brick. And I think after, after contracts are ended, we're back to bare brick and we can start to put it back right rather than just bodging do you know what I mean like we, we've papered over cracks this season we've brought in players like Kios and Ogo and they've, they've been makeshift haven't they they're, they're a bit of scaffolding holding roof up and, and now we've got a chance to actually build a proper wall um, and now it just depends on the quality of the wall that we build you know will it will whether it we're going to be in Q or some local that's some it local yeah you're getting, you're getting rogue traders you know you're getting professionals <laughs> and uh yeah. That's a really bad analogy in it all that, but do you know what I mean? It's I liked it. we, we, We've got a good starting point now for me. Oh, we will have, like I say, in summer. Had enough room. So in that respect, yeah. I think <laughs> I think we're in a better position to start the new way of Huddersfield Town. Mm. If that makes sense. Cosy, can I throw something at you? That's coming from uh, John Earnshaw. Says, do you yeah. think we'd have been better with a crowd? I think we would, and although a lot of people are saying that, no, we won't because there'd have been. You know, I'm a in stuff. I wish we had. A I think Ben ha- no crowd saved Ben Hamer. I think at the start, I'll throw that one in. I think Phil uh, Phil were mentioned it a few times when he's been on uh, Phil Senior, but and obviously he's played, but he like he thinks that things would have been a little bit kind of different. The players that they give a bit more with the the crowd and that as well. I, I do, but but then we were discussing it. I suppose to to kind of counter my own argument, we were discussing early on in the season. Would players have had that confidence to? 
play this bring out from the back football, passing it across, you know, and this, this kind of patient build up than when get it up, get it, get it forward and all that. Get it forward. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, yeah and I, I, a few times would players have still had the balls to do it and as results have dipped, I reckon that had gone out of the window as well. And, ooh, it's such a tough question to ask. I, my gut feel is, yeah, I think we would have been, but based on pretty little evidence, really. Yeah. Pause. Sorry, Brett, I was going to say, let me get this quickly. Uh, you'd, you'd, you'd have liked this, pause. Uh, my mate Tom had a, a football manager regen. You know, I don't know if you've ever played it, but at the end of the season, it creates new players based on a random algorithm. He had a German centre-back uh, called Gerrit Schutt. I thought that was an amazing name for it. I thought that was an amazing name for a, a Yorkshire footballer. Get it shut. Anyway, carry on, Brady. Sorry. No. Um, well, how can you follow that? But yeah, no, I I agree with Cosy. The only thing I'd say is like with a crowd, and we'll never know because it's all open books. But I feel like when you have a crowd there, there is that extra five percent, or you can certainly. I mean, we've seen in the championship the refereeing, but I think you know crowds can influence the ref in certain decisions. I mean, we'll never know, but I would feel. I would feel more confident going into next season, fingers crossed, hopefully knowing at least some fans are going to be there because I think that might, you know, might give the lads a boost, like, or might not, we'll see. But um, yeah, I, I think we, I agree with Cosy. I think we're moving, be- not like <laughs> loads of places better, but probably like 16th at, at a push, maybe. <laughs> I agree with Joe that is put, it says crowds can go both ways. They help at home, hurt away. Um, I, I agree that, you know, crowds could have helped and hindered uh, some players, and I think it probably leveled itself out at some point. Uh, right, okay, I'm just keen to move this on because we've got a couple of talking points and we've been waffling for quite a while there. Um, okay, very quickly, I recently waffling. spoke to... We've been waffling, I've been waffling like crazy advice. going on over here. I've been winging this from start Extra to finish. analysis, that one, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, um, yeah, so uh, I've uh, recently done a, a short interview with Alistair from the HTSA about sustainable stadiums. So this is something that you may have seen coming up um, and I think this is, is just worth worth listening to. So this will go on for about one minute 50. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me back on the podcast. I enjoyed last week's episode. Definitely your best episode. Uh, coincidentally, having me on talking about assets of community value. Um, yeah, the Sustainable Stadium campaign, uh, we launched it around 18 months ago with support of other community groups, MPs and, and other local politicians and councillors. Uh, thinking behind it was similar, actually, to the asset of community value listing uh, I was talking about last week. But just trying to make the town stadium just be a more sustainable enterprise, really, uh, and through the, the sort of people that use it, uh, the, the fans, really. Um, we've got six really achievable aims, um, namely 
phasing out use of single-use plastics, recycling bins on concourses, that sort of thing. Ultimately, fans can only do so much. It's down to the clubs and stadium operators to make it easier for those using it, the fans, uh, to be more sustainable. Um, Campaign's been well-received so far. Uh, supporters groups uh, in Europe have been working with and it's led to creation of a sustainable stadium working group with ourselves, Giant Supporters Association, the clubs, the council. And, and what we are calling for uh, has got to be done anyway. And the longer that it's left, uh, the more it's going to cost uh, everyone, uh, especially in the long run. Uh, the survey results shows that most of the fans are behind the campaign and its aims. Uh, next, uh, we're trying to help get recycling bins uh, on the concourse ready for the start of next season. Uh, we teamed up with an initiative called Pledge Ball. We're trying to sort of get more fans uh, to actively be more uh, sustainable. And we're trying to team up with several local businesses to offer fans deals on certain items and services that would help them uh, be more sustainable. And hopefully we can announce uh, some more details in the summer. Okay, so thanks to Alistair from the HTSA. I realise that this isn't some of the sexiest stuff uh, you know, that you get into on a, a football podcast. But uh, at least Brady did look semi-interested during that, which is good. Uh, and he's wearing green, which is also good. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of uh, a sustainable stadium, you know, the, the, the thought process behind this is to um, reduce, you know, things such as plastic on landfill, you know, bringing drinking, drinkable water inside the stadium, you know, so you don't have to buy a bottle of water. Uh, and research shows that sponsors uh, will want to invest in clubs with environmental policies as well. Um and, you know, and there are long cost, uh, long-term cost savings on top of that as well. So uh, I've been prepped slightly. So um, thanks. For that. But Brady, you know, we won't spend too long on this, but it, you know, these, th these things um, don't matter to a lot of fans, but they, they do matter really. It's good practice. I mean, um, you know, people, some people listening to this, it won't affect them, but you know, I'm not going to get political but the, you know there is a climate crisis it might not affect this generation might not affect my generation but it'll certainly affect the generation after me um i think this is always good small steps like this i listened to um a good podcast from the guardian i think i've tweeted about it before but about sustainability in football um and they had the forest green rovers owner on there obviously vegan promoting sustainability um it's well worth a listen i'll, I'll tweet it out after this um but yeah it, i think it's a good thing you know um I've been there on match days. You've seen how much plastic and rubbish there is, you know, in, in the concourse where you're waiting for stuff. And, you know, every, again, not to be, not to be the, the woke millennial or whatever on this, but, you know, every single piece of plastic that's in the world is still, still, you know, made and how long has plastic been made for? So I think it's a good start. You know, it's not one of these that solves overnight, but if your town are doing it, if, you know, other clubs are doing it um, and like the H, you know, the, Supporters Association are pushing for this. It's a, it's a good thing, and you know, hopefully, make other clubs follow. Yeah, and obviously, we, we've been to the Premier League and we've seen how much plastics there as well. So, you know, there's a lot that can be done to reduce the carbon footprint. Way for the Tony Bailey right. wants a vegan food option. So, mate, have I told you about the time I tried to go vegan? I went vegan for two weeks to try and prove a point that I could do it to somebody who said I couldn't, and we ended up playing Swansea away. Have I ever told that story? I probably have a million times. Oh. Tell you and, what, we might be forest screen away soon, so you'll be out there getting. <laughs> yeah, but, but anyway, when you go vegan, I went from my mate drove from uh, Leeds down to Swansea and back, and I literally we stopped several times all over, and literally I could not eat anything in any petrol station or on a menu or anything anywhere. I was absolutely ravenous by the time I got home and had to settle for some soybeans or something. But you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's 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 difficult being a football fan and vegan, but. 
I don't, you know, and those those Greg sausage rolls, they're not that bad. But anyway, enough veganism. Um, right. So, um, Cosy, this is something you wanted to bring up. You wanted to bring up uh, the uh, protests at Manchester United. Uh, do you want to kick us off with this? Oh, yeah, kicking off might be the right uh, word. There. It's really weird because, like, there was talk, obviously, of some protests going on at the John Smith Stadium and somewhere a few people in a trees. What they're all? Some, I don't know if it went a bit kind of a memo I didn't get read out or what have you. But I think some people at the club were expecting a protest and that as well. So I suppose feelings are running high, but maybe not as high as uh, what we saw on Sunday uh, uh, at Manchester and that as well. And I don't know about you guys, but I I feel that the people on the TV don't get the fans anymore. And it's been quite interesting, really. I saw uh, an interview with Andy Mitt, and I don't know if anyone knows him, but he does... A lot of the fan stuff with Manchester United does their kind of fans have done it for many years and that as well. And they were proper having to go at Jermaine Genus, who I think is another one who doesn't kind of get the the modern day fan. It was almost like, yeah, you know, you've had your, your protest and yeah, it went too far and the message has been lost. But I honestly think these guys thought, right, the the protest obviously stopped the Super League going ahead and that was going to be that. But you know, they've got their way. But I think they're so ill-informed, these people in the kind of the media. They don't get the fan base. They don't get kind of, I don't even call it working class because some of the prices you have to pay now and stuff. But like when Liverpool were charging like 77 quid for a, for a ticket and stuff like that as yeah, well, I, I don't think they get it. And it, it surprised me again on Sunday. It, it, I don't know if any of you guys watched the broadcast with Sky. I kind of pumped into it and keen. And again, Sooners, another one who's lost. I, I'm not convinced Gary Neville is this... Um figurehead that it perhaps should be with regard you know he you know he's got a um he's essentially taken a club like liversidge all the way to league two as a as a vanity project throwing money at. i'm not entirely convinced he's 100 percent the the person that you want leading it although he's done a far better job than than a lot of people have so far but the manchester united thing's a, a, a strange one really because this didn't just start last week you know it started in two despite what people on tv will tell you it started back in like 2006 when the glazers took over and they had the green and gold scarves they even went and formed their own club, FC United of Manchester, out of out of that yeah, entire thing. That, but the one thing I don't get with that, because I went to a game there this season, last season before the club, Man United were playing actually on the lunchtime kickoff, and I was in a boozer before it, and they were like cheering United and this, that, and the other. And I, it's really weird, isn't it? Because it's almost like they don't, they've been pushed out of the club or they've got their own views on the ownership, but they still want them to win it. It must be an awkward situation, that, don't yeah. you? Yeah, I think, I think so. There's still, still Money United, United fans, United aren't they, essentially? Yeah. Just don't want to give him give him the money. I think the, the thing that I, I mean, I like a bit of fan power. I think you know the, the fans. I think someone likened um, owning a football club to owning a listed building, as in you own the building, but you can't just do what you want with it. And I think that's a really good way to, to look at it. And I know Dino used to say you're a custodian, you're not an owner, so you, you see the club for a you know through a period of time. But the, the thing that lets it down in England for me is. Um, just a, a bit of sheer lack of organisation between fans. Um, you look at what happened at United on Sunday, really good, big numbers. Uh, you know, I'm not advocating breaking into stadiums and causing criminal damage and hurting people, but once they were in, it just became all a little bit embarrassing for me. You had people doing overhead kicks into net. You had kids running around taking selfies and filming Do you remind you of the time that Terry the Terrier got beheaded and had his uh, head kicked into the net down at Alpine Stadium? Yeah, you look at what happens in, in places like Germany, you know, they've probably got the best fan culture that you could, you know, look to replicate. And 
they, they would organise it a lot better. You know, I know their fan groups out there are probably a lot more built into the, the fan base. and You wouldn't have that just let's cause a load of, load of chaos. And the, the net result at the end of it were really good. They got the Liverpool match called off. But what will actually happen from now? Do you know what I mean? Like, in, there's no sort of real effort to continue stuff. You have a bit of a protest because it's the here and now, and then all of a sudden it all dies back down. But just coming back to the owners and, and stuff like that, I, I genuinely don't think that they're particularly that bothered that people at a club like United are, are turning the backs because they make more money. Man United will make far more money over a season if they sold 70,000 individual tickets rather than 60,000 season tickets and 10,000 because everybody that went would be different. They'd be charge more. They'd all then go buy a shirt. I mean, if you're a season ticket, you'll buy one. You don't buy one every week, do you? Whereas a different person attending would. So it's all right, you know, having all this, all we've protested and that. But what will be the result of it? That's the that's the thing, isn't it? It's what happens after the protest. And will it actually make a difference? Because I don't think it will. I'll tell you but, what I wish we would have, though, in Uddersfield. But the, the passion in Ainov, honestly, this, this sounds bad, this. This season, I would have loved a supporters group to so gone in Canal side and put some banners up. You know, you see it all the time in Spain, or certainly more in Italy, to be fair. The ultras will steam in there and kick off, you know, make the players aware, you know, that they're a disgrace to what they're doing to their football club. And you see some of the token efforts with some of our guys. I would have loved, this sounds awful, but I'd love some of our guys who have been a chance to abusing some of our you know, kind of guys on that as well. I mean, you might well, think- I'll be honest, on that, on that, because obviously, as you know, being involved in, you know, the Cowshed Lyle fan group, which is the main fan group down there, we we discussed that at length and we were very split within our own group as to whether that would be counterproductive or would it actually be productive. And we, we had a, we had debates and arguments and, you know, I was one for going down and banging the club. No, no. You know, not causing any damage, not even making a scene, really, just getting the banners on up and being there when players arrive and, and that sort of stuff. But I think the season that we've had and the the constraints with everything that's going on, it just didn't feel like it would have meant as much as it, as it would have done under normal circumstances, if that makes sense. There's a lot of mitigating circumstances at the moment, COVID, injuries, you know, all that sort of stuff. And it just it didn't actually feel right, but it was something that was discussed and obviously you've got to be careful in you know middle of a, like it's the middle of a pandemic and a big group mm. appearing and would it have done more harm than good and do you know what I mean so it's, it's the other thing that's good to come out of it positive Chelsea are going to have a fan representative on the board you know and some people might mock or whatever but that's going to be voted through the right way they're gonna so that has been some good come from the situation that's just what annoys me with your talent kind of yeah they'll say yeah but you've got the all together you know, town and that as well, but that for me is that. That's not. That's it's, not. It's horses for courses, though, mate. Isn't it? The altogether town thing was more so to really vent about. Um, who was it who used to do the uh, the food down at the stadium? Oh, I think Dexo, that's wasn't it? yeah, yeah, Sodexo. That's right. Yeah, and the, it's it's a different company now, but you know, I think it has its uses that for sure. Um, but I think if you, I'm not one for. Making, I, I agree with Paz. I, I think you know um, any sort of you know throwing the smoke bomb into the crowd into you know crowded area was was disgraceful to be honest. And I'm not one for uh, situations like that. But I do agree that there are there are suitable moments to let people know that you're unhappy if you are unhappy. And I think it does need to be led by more of a 
or what's seen as a, a, a faction or a fan faction like a cowshed loyal rather than a you know, HTSA aren't going to do that for a start. You know, that's not well, what they're there had, for. We've had incidents this year where Fraser Camel stuck his fingers in his ears and and Bakun is shushing people. Is that is that is is that definitely what it is though? Is that is is that definitely what it is, or is that an in joke? We don't we don't well, know for a fact what that is, do we? You are making, yeah, that's fair enough, but. I just think we've had our guys have had it too comfy. I'm not condoning. No, no, that. no. There's there's definitely things like that, and there's definitely players not putting it in, like we've said. But you know, Bakuna shushing a crowd might just be ironic because there's nobody there or something. You don't you yeah. don't really know. You know, <laughs> you know, it's TikTok generation. They do some right crap on there, so you don't know what's going on, do you? Yeah. Um, was, sorry, Matt. On, I was, I was just going to say with the United thing. Going back to Poz's Poz's question, will it make a difference? I think if you're looking at it from a marketing perspective from the, from the Glazers, like Manu is the what, most marketed club in the world. I think if you've got fans who are, you know, the Super League talked about legacy fans, the core, if you've got core fans protesting about it, cheap, it worsens your product because you get negativity around it. So I do think, again, I don't condone, there's always idiots in a protest, no matter what protest you look at, but... I think you. I think they were right to protest. I think you know throwing flares and obviously it's COVID time, so you need to be careful. And you know hitting policemen that's not on like at all. But I think the the point of the protest was good, like you said, Matt. The the Glazers they they did this. They've been doing this for sixteen years. Um, I, I'd like to see it more in town. I think yeah, Huddersfield with certain things. But again, it's like what what do you want to protest? You know what would we be protesting about at Huddersfield? Uh, it's an organisation, doesn't it? it? Needs it needs, it needs leadership. Essentially, yeah, town need leadership. Town fans need leadership. But I think that was you know as as much as you want to. That was historic. There's never been a thing in England where um, a game's been called off because of fan protest. So I think it is about Blackpool, momentum. It's Blackpool about town. Teams. Blackpool yeah. Town, mate. Yeah, really. uh, well, it's yeah. about t- it's about momentum. If you want to c- c- continue doing that, but what I would say is, and I'm sure Pos might agree with this with me, and Cosy's touched on it. I think fans in England, not not to be that guy, but I don't think they realise how much power they do have. You know, you see that, like we talked about the German culture. I mean, Schalke when they got relegated, their fans were chasing after players. I'm not saying we do that, but you know, when there's <laughs> stuff like Bayern Munich when they went with Qatar as a sponsor, there is banners at the stadium the next day. There is fans talking about that. And that's, you know, obviously they've got the fan ownership, but that's why it is, is because it's sustained and like organised. And I think in England, that's something we're not, you know, we're not good at. And like, if this is going to make impact and stuff like this and with your club, then it does need to be organised. It needs to be fought through and it needs to be, you know, protests do work, you know, <laughs> like we've seen, haven't we? But it needs to be organised and needs to be done in the right way. I, think I agree with that. Yeah, You've got to be realistic as well, though, because like a lot of people, are, I remember the old days of sack the board, sack the board, sack the board, and you know that sort of chance of ringing down stadiums and Phil needs to go and all that. But, but you can't just, who's, who's going to get rid of him? He, the man owns the club, so unless he decides that he doesn't want to own the club anymore and sells it, you can't. You can put pressure on him to make him want to do that. Um, that Reports of death threats, which you know, I'm not sure if I fully believe, and these feel, you know, that feels have to get minders to look after him. I don't know how true that is, but if it is right, then you know, it's a bit much in it. There's there's better ways to go about getting what you want than than doing that. And the best way to win a football club is in the pocket. Let's be honest, that is the main way in which you can hit a football club. And and somewhere that somewhere like town, it's a lot easier to do that than somewhere like at Man United, where if I don't go to town, no one takes my seat. If I don't, if I'm United fan and I don't go, there's 20 people willing 
to take my seat, who probably paid double the price that I paid. So there's ways and means of getting getting to what you want. And sometimes I think sitting down with the people at the club who need to hear your opinions is better than launching a smoke bomb into a direct. Yeah, I agree with that, uh, Pause. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is that with... Box, for example, there's, you know, a bit of anarchy gets the headlines, but is it constructive? Yeah. Pause is having a bit of a nightmare there with his, with his connection, it's isn't he? Matter how they get stuff wrong. It's like, what about all that carry-on early on in the season where they were going to charge you £15 for every other... For then games that were free all of a sudden in COVID, then they were, like, going to be £15 for stuff like Burnley v West Brom, and then big outrage on Twitter, and then it got stopped. How can they get all this stuff badly wrong? I mean, that, that's TV companies. But what I'm trying to scramp on is that I don't think the TV companies are the lot of the, no, clubs, the I don't think they get fans anymore. And it's- I'll tell you what, Cosy. There's a Gary Neville sat, got a new. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but he's got a new channel on YouTube. It's called The Overlay or something like that. And he interviews Richard Scudamore, and I only watched two minutes of it. And it, two minutes before, I was infuriated by the attitude of Richard Scudamore towards football in general. Uh, and the guy doesn't view it as a sport. And I think that's the problem in that they don't view this as a sport. They view this as a business and big business. Uh, and that's the problem. Poz has got a great frozen yeah. screen there, hasn't he? It looks like he's, uh, he's back. But yeah, my point I was going to make, Poz, if you're back, was that with, with Town and Phil in particular, I, I, from my belief and us interviewing, Phil seems to be tied up in so many NDAs. He can't actually tell people what's going on with a lot of stuff that they want to know. So this is whereby... Uh, fan representation on the board and transparency comes in, on, you know, with regards to the board. And for me, that would be a logical step for Huddersfield Town. Um, obviously, if you're tied up in NDAs, you know, people can't say, you know, from, you know, from if the fans on the board who get to know can't say. But at least you have some form of representation that you trust on the board, and that everything's above board. You should say if you want to use a pun. Um, but that would be my way to go for a club like Huddersfield. Yeah, I think just touching on that as well, Matt. It's again, it's like what. What would you want? You know, again, it's we were talking about. You know, I, I think it's very clear, clear on here. We're we're not particularly Phil's biggest fan, or we think Phil's made mistakes. But we're talking about this with some friends. You know, it's all right. Two of the two of <laughs> Dean's um, potential, you know, rumored other options were the guy the guy at Wigan who got them a you know a, uh, Charlton Charlton. Sorry, but I think the rumor of Wigan as well. But let's say that. But look at that. You know. Wigan have gone from being a be- team better than us to being relegated because of you know a dodgy owner because the EFL's owner test didn't spot that and they're going to be in League Two pretty much. So and while I'm not saying I'm happy with think how things are going at the moment, it's like what we don't know what the alternative is. You know we don't know if there is a better option. You know I'd all <laughs> I'm sure most fans would love a billionaire to come in and buy town and you know sign all the best players, but I just don't think that's realistic. You know and you can look at that with the bigger clubs. It's like you're protesting about a billionaire to what getting another billionaire. You don't <laughs> you don't know if they're going to be any better. They might even be worse. Um, but maybe that's me being too negative. No, okay. Well, I think we'll probably bookend that bit there if if nobody's got anything else to say and. Uh... And just give a quick mention to the academy that won the Clarets Cup. It was, I think, what was positive really as a fan was that we actually got to see the team play for once. So you know, I think a lot of us have been asking for uh, games to be put on on YouTube where possible, and it was good to uh, good to see that. So I think the the club got that you know right in being able to show the game, which was great. And Ben Midgley, nice penalty, shades of uh, Tony Carr's Rob Edwards at the Millennium Stadium. You know, powerful left foot shot into that corner, which was. Which was good. Uh, uh, Kamara for me was the the standout player um, of 
of the team. It's it, the Claret's Cup itself is a, a cup. It's, it sounds a bit like a youth version of what Arsenal created, you know, with the Emirates. So was it the Emirates Cup or the Arsenal Cup that they used to have back in the day? Um, it's, you know, a 10 team tournament. So it's not like winning the League Cup or anything, but it's a good step forward for, for the academy. And um, it was good to see a couple of the, uh, the players in action. Uh, did you guys tend to catch a bit of it? Pause, I think you saw a few bits and bats, didn't you? Uh, amazingly, yeah, I did watch it. <laughs> I first team, See, I, I knew you'd that. watched one. I didn't yeah. watch it all, I'll be honest. I didn't watch it all, but I did watch highlights. Uh, Kamara stood out for me. I know he has been touted um, as being one of the best down there, but he, he did look really good. And like you say, it's just nice to you know win something, isn't it? You know, mm. better than better than losing, isn't it? Whether it, whether it's a tin pot trophy or not tin pot trophy, then why not celebrate? These lads are only young. You know, yeah. if I was 16 and 17 and playing and I won a trophy, I'd shout about it. So why not? Well, if you're in a competition, you want to win it. And they did. So, you know, course you do, yeah. fair play, fair play. So well done to uh, to the youth team and uh, and Captain Ben Midgley and the lads down there. So uh, well done to them. Um, right, lads, let's finish with uh, the bottom three shootout. So, you know, it's shades of 2001, if you like, Cosy, when, uh, when Huddersfield Town uh, were on the end of something quite dramatic shall we say when Birmingham came and and Trevor Francis shithoused us by you know removing Peter Unlove and replacing him at Birmingham with Woodhouse uh, who uh, who scored two goals so that was that turned out nice and David Watkins uh, blatant handball not getting pulled up and Doogie Friedman scoring that last minute I'm still salty as hell about all this in 2001 <laughs> as you can tell but that was that was an unreal sort of sequence of events really um, and it looks like it could pl- uh, pan out a little bit this weekend um, you've got Derby versus Sheffield Wednesday, which, you know, is, is a fantastic fixture and one that I think we'll all be secretly watching, if not properly watching. Uh, Middlesbrough versus Wickham. Wickham can still stay up, but we'll need something like a 15-goal swing or something ridiculous. Um, so they're pretty much gone. But credit to them for actually taking it this far as well. I think they've done I've, really well. I've always been, haven't they, Wickham? I've had a strange beam on bonnet, but they've, they've been with pride, man. And neither mm. of your mates... Bournemouth last week, man, which I'm sure you'll be Get in, yes, get in. And and Cardiff versus Rotherham. And Cardiff, you know, winning 4-0 recently, you know, in the last game, Rotherham can't seem to buy a win, you know, like because they miss a lot of sitters a game, don't they? And you, I watched the game, Matt Crooks, uh, he looks a perfect town sign in X-Town and he can't hit a barn door. <laughs> he looks like someone should be on our list. But you know what? It's incredible. I, I cannot believe Sheffield Wednesday, because they were absolutely awful against Forest. I've never... I couldn't believe it. You know, like I'm, I'm criticising town for kind of commentary, the nothing to play for, but they played like it was almost like a pre-season Wednesday, like at everything, and they were absolutely awful. Brilliant save from Westwood, or so they've been down from the uh, from the spot kick. But it's incredible that they, they, I think pretty much. I don't see Rotherham beating Cardiff on last night's evidence. A big hit, but they look done out of gas. I think they've been screwed with the COVID, to be honest with you, and that as well. Feel I love Paul Warren, a great guy. And I think they'll stick with him just because I'm not because he's a baldy and that as well, but I love him how he kind of used the game and that. So I did a brilliant interview on that quest. Uh, don't like Jacko thought. for Rotherham, isn't he? That kind yeah. of character, yeah. Old hero. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, the interview with that, Michelle Owen and making me laugh because so we're like, oh, so you're looking forward to next week, Paul. So I'm glad someone finds it funny, you know, like this is a relegation battle. <laughs> but I just thought they look, run the race last night. I thought uh, they didn't look to have much in the gap in the tank. But Wednesday, I mean, Darren Moore's going to be back in it, I reckon, this weekend. Obviously, good to see that he's recovered from, yeah. from the COVID. But that, I think that'll give them a bit of a, a boost of, for probably last hurrah, maybe for 
Rhodes, because again, another one, Rhodes, he, he played him as a sub on Saturday. I didn't get that at all. They, they cared to they play one up front, didn't they? Yeah, good. Rhodes got dropped, yeah. But I suppose we have enough fans in. I don't know how it's going to be with their nerves because I still think Derby will be all right. I, I don't see Sheffield go to Derby and winning on Saturday, but it's a, they've got a chance to stay up, which really, they should never have had a chance, really, Sheffield Wednesday. And, but they've been so bad. Can they just turn it on in one game? I still think Derby will do it, mate. They won't lose. What do you reckon, Brady? Because I, I, I think Sheffield Wednesday have a chance there because I've seen Brady... Uh, Derby have lost about, have they lost four of the last five? They look really sort of down on their look. And you look at the team as well and you go, this isn't quite the team that I expected. You know, the the, the stars of yesteryear, do you remember when Craig Bryson used to be really good for Scythe and uh, Vidra, you know, they've had some great players over the last sort of few years, Chris Martin and what have you, you know, they've had some great sides. And then I looked through it the other day and I was like, what's going on here? Who are these? You know, they've got a lot of young players in there and quite a few players that aren't that. Impressive. Bielix, obviously, injured. He was a big player. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a great player for them. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Louis Sibley broke onto the scene last season for Derby. Like, quite a young, impressive. Not really. I mean, to be honest, they've had the takeover business all year, haven't they? Like, all the clubs down there have had some form of trouble, whether that's on the pitch or off the pitch. Um, I, I kind of do fancy Wednesday, you know. Uh, I, I think I'm similar to you. I'd, like you say, if Darren Moore's coming back, I think Derby looked nervous and... You know, Rooney, like what we've seen, he's an inexperienced manager. And um, I don't know, I I think whoever gets the first goal wins it. I think it'll be a really, like, for the neutral, you know, it's nice to not be involved in that game, you know, with a vested interest. But I fancy it, you know, ro- like you know, Rhodes, probably rumoured to be coming back here, but, you know, he, he can score. I think more coming back and they've got nothing to lose. And like you say... Abby have scored 33 goals in 45 games, the lowest of them. It's now bad as that, man. Yeah. It's, it's bad. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. I think I agree with you. I think Rotherham are, are too too cooked. I think they're uh, yeah they're, they're a bit unfortunate. I mean, how they didn't beat us um, was like you say poor finishing and they've been unlucky. But I think it's too much, um, which is a shame because I think like you say that passion they probably. <laughs> I just know, looked at fine. last night after whistle Brady. That didn't look like a team to me. You let's go again on Saturday. I know instant emotions and stuff, but you yeah. felt that were their chance last night and. They cocked up, man. To be honest, when they drew against us, I felt that was it because they played really well in their other two games that and lost, and then they couldn't get a win against us. And then I was like, oh, that's it. Because you just like how, you know, look, look plays a part of football, doesn't it? But yeah, I fancy Wednesday. I think it's going to be a good game. I'll be watching it. I probably won't be watching Town Reading, to be honest with you. Oz, I would say who's your money on, but being the tightest man on the podcast, I'll probably say who's your opinion about rather than uh, Sticky Cash. <laughs> Yeah, full on his money really parted, Matt, and, and I'm neither. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think it, I think as Ben says, it'll be a really good, uh, really good game. I always it's funny, isn't it? How so many games at end of season turn out to be a decider. Not you know, not just bottom of league, but sometimes top of league as well. And it's almost like the fixture gods know what's going to happen and make at least one game really exciting. Um, Rotherham, I think, as, as everyone's just said, I think they're gone. I think they've just left it a little bit too late. And, and really, when you look back, they've probably only got themselves to blame because recently uh, against town, they certainly should have beaten us. Other night, again, missed a couple of chances there. You know, add those six points onto their total and all of a sudden they're, you know, they're up there and, and they're away. But part of me, I'm just trying to think which is easiest away day for next season, really. So if, if I could pick, I'd probably pick, you know, Chef Wednesday and, and Rotherham to stay up. But I think... Obviously, no, that can't happen, can it? Only one of them can. Uh, I probably want Rotherham to stay up and, and Derby on Wednesday to go down. But I think 
I think Wednesday will beat Derby and I think it will be them that, that survive. A part of me still thinks something will happen in town will end up getting relegated. So until until it's all done and dusted, you know, you know what town will like, yeah. could happen. I'll triple check while we're talking, pause. Yeah, it will be it will be a good match. Though. It is a shame they're the sort of games where you want a full out. Is it Hillsborough? Um, is it probably, oh, is it yeah. probably, even at even at Derby, you've got you'd be full, wouldn't you? What is it thirty odd thousand? And yeah. um, you know, watching little lad, we're watching some on YouTube over there. You know, highlights from playoffs and stuff. It were actually the Leeds v Derby match, and it somehow managed to flick on to, um, and and the twists and turns in playoffs and relegation battles. It's what you live for as a fan in it, and even as a neutral watching playoff games is is unbelievable. It's just not going to be the same this year, is it? Without fans in. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe they might sneak in. I don't know because of restrictions. Um, yeah, last year they didn't, didn't have an end, did they? Uh, last season, but they yeah. Can have a full house in Crucible. Then oh, don't get me going on that. You know, we can have some fans in for them players. Bloody hell! Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think you know, football always seems to get the, um, the rough end of the stick, doesn't it, when it comes to supporters? But, but yeah, so anyway, it didn't, didn't matter. <laughs> We threw this out to, or I threw this out to Twitter to see who people thought would stay up, and Rotherham uh, came out with forty point one percent. I don't, I don't know if this is wishful or who they want or who they think. Um, I think there might be a mix. Maybe I wasn't very clear on the question. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday got twenty one percent. Derby thirty six, and poor old Wickham just two percent. Not much faith in poor old Wickham. And from the comments that I'm seeing in YouTube as well, it feels like everybody really wants. Rotherham to stay up. They definitely get the sympathy vote, don't they, among football fans, because they've just been so unlucky. Um, I still think Freddie Ladapo's rubbish as well, Cosley. I'm sticking, I'm dying on that hill. That well, is not very COVID good. outbreak twice, and I know it got debated. I think we even debated it, didn't we? Is it what the football are not right or what have you? But you've got to have some sympathy, haven't you, for them? And they were always, an, I mean, the lowest wage bill in the, uh, the league until probably we take it over next year. So, yeah. <laughs> It's underdog though, isn't it? They're an underdog rather than size of the club compared to a Derby and Sheffield Wednesday. Everyone loves an underdog, don't they? So I think that's why people want rather than to Yeah. And they're the smaller club, aren't they, of the of the three? And I think people, like you say, people tend to gravitate to that. And unless it's Huddersfield Town getting to the Premier League, then obviously people Yeah, nobody cares about that. <laughs> Absolutely didn't want that. At the last all. Ever I follow, apart from all you overseas people watching. <laughs> Passion, passion. I've been there. It's great. I've been there. Don't, don't tell <laughs> streams. I mean, honestly, I miss that guy. But it's all looking good, isn't it, on this cover? I don't want to jinx it, but I think... Uh, I Old know. enough to have had two jabs now, Cosy, aren't you, surely? Oh, I asked that. <laughs> first one, I'm not... Be nice. I'm not too the second one, it were horrendous, but... To be fair, mate, having a COVID job, I watch social town at moment, they ain't much in it, is there? Yeah, you still feel <laughs> rotten afterwards, don't you? So, yeah, I'll go with you on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's all we've got. There's a couple couple of questions coming through about any truth in the rumour that Phil's paid Dean off. Um, nothing's been announced, so there's nothing really to, to talk about on that. None of us really know. I don't think any of us know anything on that. I certainly don't. Um, Rumoring on down at the Mac, obviously, you know, a hundred percent news source there down at the Mac. Yeah, someone goes and spreads stuff on there, don't they, Pause. But we'll uh <laughs> Me, we'll... No, I don't know. There must be someone impersonating other people on there. Uh I had to look at down at the Mac early and, and Cosy's mate Pete was trying to paint uh David Wagner as the villain of, of Huddersfield Town and blaming him for the last three or four years, and I, I turned it off after that. 
So um, I'd had a few <laughs> few jabs. Not get back to New Year's qualities, man. Otherwise, we'll be here till God knows when. Oh yeah, better not start <laughs> that. But... Can we just can't all town fans just agree that it was a culmination of everybody? That just <laughs> uh, you know, the thing is though, it's like there doesn't have to be someone specific to blame. Not that was one person, is it? It was just yeah. just everybody basically. Look, it's a football club that got promoted way, way too early, and and without the structure to back it up. And you know, eventually, if you build your foundations on sand, then it starts to crumble, and that's what happens. It's all over. Twenty past two on Saturday, and then week after, there'll be people on here who's like moaning about what they donated us, and it'll be out of your lives for three months. It's a proper break. This <laughs> you'll hate it, and you'll want us back, and you'll want the lads back, and it ain't coming back. It's in Manil. No, it ain't. Damon Hill, no, it ain't. We're going for enjoy you, It's done. Did you just say Damon Hill? <laughs> <laughs> now, isn't it? All right, all right, okay. <laughs> right, great. I think that's a good place to end the end the podcast on uh, <laughs> yeah, on, on David Hill. <laughs> so, um, off, shall we? <laughs> uh, fun fact: Dick Dastardly was based, I think, on Graham Hill, his father, because of the mustache. But there you go. Um, right, guys. So um, thanks for joining us online. Uh, you know, up to fifty people, which is great. Um, thanks for your support, and uh, we'll be back. Uh, I think it's next Wednesday. Cause is it the rotor for the uh, for the yeah, Reading game? Wednesday, Reviewing the big Reading game. Reading Huddersfield. There's not been many important games with them two playing, has there? This we've managed to. <laughs> I've got no idea why we've managed to stretch this podcast out to one hour, 15 minutes, but I can't see the <laughs> Reading one next week going that far. So thanks for sticking with us throughout this. Uh, thanks, everyone. And- There's a team that is dear to its followers Colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily And every goal shall be a memory so town play up and bring that car back to Huddersfield So town play up and bring the car back to The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. 
Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.